Welcome back to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hashtag Single. It's a very special Halloween episode of Hashtag Single today because everyone knows being single is the scariest motherfucking thing that you can be for Halloween or just in life in general. So I have with me today two fantastic comedians. Uh, One is here live with me in the studio and one is calling in. Calling in, I have Robin Lynn Norris with me. Robin, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm very excited. And Andres is in the studio with me and Robin's calling in. So we're talking to a voice in our head, which is just going to be comedy in itself. Yeah. Sort of just how I actually go about my life. (laughs) You do. You just, you're like, I know there's a voice in my head. It's like, do I listen to it or I don't? It's an LA voice, actually. (laughs) Always. Go by coastal. And I was like, I will, babe. Just give me time. So this is a little different than our our usual uh, structure for hashtag single normally. Um, If you guys have listened to the podcast, I usually interview a strong, independent, yes, please, single (laughs) female. About their dating experience, um, mostly New Yorkers, and then have a uh, little uh, male guest pipe in at the end that we refer to as the voice of the patriarchy. A little, <laughs> a little, yeah, immediately. That a little. So- oh, there only a little man. Little comes baby in, guest. Yeah. I just meant that they get less time. Really, um, <laughs> I, have a, I have a little guest at the end. Um, nothing about their stature, but um, mm-hmm. I thought I would do something different, and because I, I happen to meet um, or happen to attend this really phenomenal show in New York City called Date Me, semicolon, an OkCupid experiment, um, because one of my friends was in the show. And uh, I thought it'd be so cool to talk about um, creating work with the comedy that is surrounding dating and online experiences. So I brought in two people that are interestingly enough, comedians, but also creators and artists who have made work around sex and dating. Mm -hmm. And single. Yes. Robin's not single, I don't think, right? Are you not single? Okay, well. Robin's not anymore. You're going to love my story. <laughs> no, you're you're in good company right perfect, here. Perfect, you're in good perfect. company right here. I mean, here. congrats. Yeah, That's amazing. You win. You won the game of life. Um, Thanks. It took forever, so don't... <laughs> oh, we know, girl. We know. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, what I'm going to do, we'll talk a little bit, Robin, about you and your experience and your journey and your path, and then we're going to uh-huh. switch over to Andres, and then we're going... I'm going to sort of talk to you guys both together... Um, about sort of some universal, I don't know, themes that come along with creating work around dating and being single and comedy and stuff like that. Does that kind of sound good? Yeah. Cool. Sounds and obviously, great. if either of you want to pipe into each other's kind of... Oh, I will. Inter- <laughs> oh, I will. I have questions. Now I'm, I'm just like I'm just like, I'm looking to learn, you know? Good. That's why I'm here, too. So, Robin, let's talk about you. All right. So first things first, uh, for those people that are not maybe not familiar with your show, which shame on you if you're not, but I'm going to read a little blurby blurb that I got from Broadway World. So date me. 
an OkCupid experiment from Broadway World. 48 million Americans have tried online dating. Hashtag date me. An OkCupid experiment is the outrageous true story of Robin, who is unlucky in love, but determined to understand it better. She logs onto the world's most popular dating site, OkCupid creating 38 undateable profiles as an interactive scientific investigation into online dating, Robin unwittingly sets in motion the social experiment of our generation. Part improv, part sketch comedy, and entirely hilarious, Robin makes one conclusive result, there's no algorithm for love. And the show was developed with Diane Alexander, directed by Lorraine Lataro. Correct me if I'm saying these wrong, by the way. Features lyrics by Robin Lynn Norris, Frank Katie, is that right? Coyote. Oh, yeah. there we go. Coyote. Amanda uh-huh. Blake Davis and Bob Ladwig. 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 Yep. With original music by Sam Davis. Oh, and following a three year run at the Up Comedy Theater in Chicago, the show ran for 10 weeks at the Westside Theater in New York City, which bravo, by the way, because that is no easy feat in New York City. So snaps on our end. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, Robin, tell me how mm-hmm. this show came to be. Okay, so that's there's a reason there's so many people involved because this was a seven <laughs> yes. year journey, and it was actually a complete accident. I, you know, my background is comedy, mostly improv and sketch, and I've written a number of shows over the years. Basically, I'm, I'm an actor as well, so basically, you know, you write to perform and yeah. create material, make your own and, work. Yeah, exactly. So I came up in Chicago at all the theaters there, uh, the comedy theaters like Second City, IO, Comedy Sports. And then I moved to Los Angeles and where I live now. If you've ever lived in L.A., I don't know if you any of you mm-hmm. have. It is wonderful. It is so soul suckingly <laughs> lonely when you first get here. It's just crushing. So oh, no. I and I imagine this. if you're single, it's like 10 times worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you know, Chicago and New York have that great city vibe where you're always bumping into people, you know, or it just has this great vibe. There's a communal spirit here. Yeah, for sure. Yes, that's exactly it. And so in L.A., I have that now. But when I first moved here, I was very, very lonely. You know, I lived in this tiny studio apartment, uh, working a million jobs, just trying to get by and previously had made my living as a performer. So I was just like in a bad place. And my friend Lori called me one day. This is a little different than what's in the show. So this will be new for you, Jeanette. Give me the Uh, juice. true story. I'm ready. Yes. So my friend Lori called me and she had just created her first OkCupid profile. And this is, uh, believe it or not, right before Tinder. So Tinder even yeah, wasn't a no, thing. No, I remember. I, 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 I yeah. go way back, too. <laughs> yeah. So, so she created an OkCupid profile and she was like, can you just like log on, see if I wrote anything weird? And honestly, at that time, I was like, uh... Sure, I'll help you, but I am not doing online dating. I was very snobby about it, not because there's anything wrong with it, but because I'm this naive person who believes I'm going to meet my soulmate in real life, you know, after years of just codependent, terrible relationships with comedians. Like, I don't know why I thought that I was going to have this magical moment from my studio apartment without getting online. (laughs) Because we all do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I had this belief and... You know, I said, okay, I'll help you out. But, you know, for OkCupid, you have to have a profile to look at other people's profiles. And again, I was like, well, I'm not putting myself out there. The thing that's great about OkCupid, though, is you get a chance to write a little mini biography 
And since I'm a writer, I was like, oh, all right. Well, let me think of the most stereotypical cheesy thing possible. So crazy cat lady. Mm -hmm. And so I created this character called Tracy Loves Cat. And I really only spent five minutes on it. I just typed in all caps. And this is just in order to like check out your friend's profile. Yes. I was like, you're a really good friend. I know, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't really put myself up there, but and I was probably a little bored. I was working from home and I was like, fine, I'll take five minutes. I answered every question like, I love kitties. You know, if you don't love kitties, then you won't love me. Beep, boop, beep, bop. Like, it was real bizarre. And okay, I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. Anyway, checked out Lori's profile, totally forgot about it. And then a few days later, logged back on and I just had hundreds of messages. <sighs> and I was like, what is this world? And, and these these guys were just speaking in all cat speak. A lot of them, oh, you know, God. like meow, meow, purr, no, meow. No. You know? like, I'm like, I'm like, what is this? And of course, you get the what we've all experienced online, like the typical, like lewd, you know, ridiculous stuff as well. And it just hit me, like I was like, hold on, this crazy cat lady is way more popular online than I am in real life. Oh, that's so. Tragic. What's up with that? Yeah. So then I was working on some stuff with my friend Bob Ladwick at the time, some shows. And I took this idea to him and I was like, what if we just kind of did an experiment and called it, it was originally called undateable. Yeah. And we were like, let's create undateable personalities. So it has nothing to do with, you know, how people look or anything like that. It's really like what are stereotypical, what you think are undateable personalities and see if people are into them and see if they're as popular. So that's where it all started. And and I did the whole thing. I'll try to keep this short is we were very careful about it. We had all these rules. Like we were like, we're not going to try to make people fall in love with us and catfish them. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, if people contact us, (laughs) then we'll get back. I was going to say, you're kind of messing with people's lives. Their hearts, you know, (laughs) totally. Well, here's the thing that, and I, I agree. And I'm actually a really overly empathetic, sensitive person. So I know you saw the show, Jeanette, and it, it was more like a comedy thing. And the, characters were so bizarre that I don't think people thought they were real. That being said, sometimes people did. And I immediately, I started to get obsessed. Like I'd write everybody back and be like, Oh, you seem really great. I just started seeing somebody. And so the story is actually like, Oh, I thought this would be really funny. And then it became very, very real. Yeah. You see see all these people putting their hearts out there and not just the messages that I would get. It would be, I'd go onto their profiles and I'd be literally up at 5 a.m. just crying, you know, for people. Like I'd assume they were all as lonely as I was. So that's the thing about the story because I've never been interested in like messing with anybody's heart. And it really came from this thing of like, what's wrong with me? However, when you get on the internet like that, you're bound to, you know, you actually are thrown into interacting with people. So that's kind of the genesis of the show. And it is very funny, but it also was a real learning experience for me in terms of, in terms of, yeah, everybody out there, like beautiful and, you know, or disgusting or whatever. Everybody's got their thing, but they're all just people looking to connect. So. 
Absolutely. Were you doing this to try to get material to for comedy? Oh, that's a great question because obviously I am a comedian. So I'm not going to lie and say I didn't think it was funny, especially at first, like the messages to Tracy Love Cats in particular. So we we were just doing it to kind of see what would happen. We weren't like, let's do a stage mm-hmm. show. I was like, you know, we didn't exactly know. We definitely <laughs> knew there was something there, though. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, that, I'm not going to think too hard about it, but I always wonder sometimes, I think we all have, like, is this profile real or is someone? It's uh-huh. always a lie. At some point, it's always a lie. <laughs> That's, That's me be. being jaded. I'm it like, it's be. always a lie. Don't trust it. <laughs> I saw yeah. this show. All these profiles are fake. <laughs> So, it is always a lie to some de- degree, because even if you're being you, you're putting the version of you out there that you want everybody yes, to see. Yes, exactly. You know, and there's something beautiful about that, I think. Uh, it, but it is the version that you've created. A so. curation of yourself. Yes. Ooh, well exactly. I'm really smart. Just to let everyone know in this <laughs> yeah, room. Most smart people <laughs> usually say things like, I'm, I'm really, really smart. smart. I have a question <laughs> for you, Robin. Um, So, like, how long did you keep up these profiles and um, what? specifically did you like talk about with people that like wanted to interact with the profiles Mm. oh that's a great question uh so two things so my co-creator bob you know he created some profiles and then i this was over the holidays and in la it's again another particularly lonely time and i won't reveal too much but i had just suffered a big personal loss that you kind of find out and in the show which is why i was losing myself in talking to other people to avoid what had really just happened. So it was over the course of the holidays for, I would say, from the start of the experiment to the first show, it was a year, but I was really only online for about four months. And I became obsessive, like I'd create new characters and What I would talk about was I stayed in character. That was one of the rules. So when people would try to be disgusting with us, if I was a princess, you know, I have to answer as a princess, a Absolutely. Disney princess, you know, that whatever That is like it was. next uh, level, Robin. That is method. That is method acting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lie. Well, and it was funny because Bob, um, we had a character called Marry Me Now, Stat, and his whole thing was that he already had a wedding ring. He's just looking for the woman, you know, the finger to put it on. Oh, my God. And... Which is ridiculous. But Bob would kind of start being Bob and interact with people. And I was like, Bob, you can't do that. He's he going to actually it up. feelings for you. Like, <laughs> and so it was. that was very early on. And then we kind of were like, no, you have to stay in character. So, for example, I had a character called Boobs and Wangs, like uh, <laughs> W-A-N-G-Z. And she her lifelong dream was to work at Hooters, but they wouldn't hire her and she didn't know why. And so she was, it was just so stupid. It was such a dumb character. She would dress up in Hooters clothes. And, um, but I had <laughs> people reach out and be like, Hey, I know the manager at no, the store. You know? like, oh, oh, people are funny. nice. Okay. I know how I'm going to get my they next were. job. <laughs> I know. Boobs and wangs. Boobs and wangs. I mean, and that's kind of where, what I loved about what happened is very rarely, honestly, and I think the internet has changed since I've done this, but I, most people I don't think really thought I was a real person. And I think they were, they actually were like, this is so funny because you don't see stuff like that. And so for example, the pioneer, I had a character pioneer in a box and she worked at a historical reenactment center and never broke character. So she would just talk about butter churning. And so when guys or women would interact with her and get kind of, you know, try to make sex 
not jokes, but like get really dirty, she'd just stay in character and, you know, meet me in the barn and we'll oh my God. meet me in the barn. You know? I just, all this makes me think of like that subculture on Reddit with like, I mean, the first one I think about is like the furries because there's, oh, yeah. there's probably a subculture of people that are into like pioneering drag. Oh, absolutely. Well, y- Absolutely. And that's the funny thing, too, because I do get asked, like, why didn't you do anything like furries or anything with like fetishes? And one, because I was very naive when I was doing this experiment, I really was just like, why am I undateable? But two, because I don't think fetishes make somebody undateable. So, you know, because everybody has their thing. That being said, you're absolutely right. There probably are people who are historical reenactment fetish people. I will say if you are into a fetish, you're more likely to have a partner or like someone or you're more of an in a community that is like doesn't make you undateable it makes you more dateable yeah because you're sort of there's a pool and it's like you understand it and you know like the world same language exactly and within the furry community there's like fetishes within that oh, which dear. is crazy like specific so animals. many layers i've googled it once right. one i'm sure one time only I googled it once i was like that's it that's enough for me <laughs> robin I, okay. i'm curious why did how did you know this would be like inherently theatrical like did you ever think about writing a book or a blog or oh i don't know oh, having yeah. a podcast um oh, like what totally. about what about it made it into a show well i think that's so funny because i do still want to write a book because i think that when you see the the interactions in print, there's something even more real about it in a way. Mm -hmm. However, you know, my background is stage performance. And because I was with Bob and the LA show, we are all comedians from, you know, Second City and various theaters. I think that there's something about making this a live show that brings the humanity out of it. You know, one of the lines towards the end of the show, one of the questions on OkCupid is the most private thing I'm willing to admit. And I would scour through all these profiles and people I interacted with to get these answers. And one person said, I hate not being in love, which I thought was so powerful. And when you have six people on a stage say it all at the same time, then you get these moments of like, oh, this is everyone. And and I think... You know, so, you know, but we didn't know at first how we were going to stage it. Our original director, Frank Cayetti, directed the L.A. and Chicago versions. And so we developed it with him. But we we have that comedy background. So uh, it was interesting because we have you saw it. We have the profile names. We have things on screens and it's very um, tech heavy. But there's something to having people face out and just say what they're looking for or see them interact that I think achieves something more than it would in a written form of a blog or a book totally initially well, i did have, i did you have the element of the show, you have the element of the audience exactly and everyone's been there on to some degree whether you've online dated or not you've all had experiences <laughs> you know i think we we reflect the audience i had no idea this would be a seven-year journey i thought i was doing a show for three months in a small black box in la when it started it just happened to be something that you know connected with people yeah, you you had a three year run in Chicago. Is that so? Uh huh. Yeah. That yeah, that's we ran, intense. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I you you know as a performer, me too. Like getting a performance to show up for three performances, I find it's hard. <laughs> Much less three freaking years. Yeah. And then a ten like ten weeks in New York is uh, you know you're competing with the in- entirety of our theatrical. Right. I don't know. World. phone book yeah. of, of, of shows here um what was yeah. what was the most 
um, surprising thing that you learned from either the experience experiment or the experience in either Chicago or New York? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, from the experiment, and I kind of touched on this, is I actually needed to do it at that time in my life because I had lost, I mean, I guess I can say it. I had lost my best friend who I thought would always be, you know, my person. Yeah. And I think that I needed to, I, and I had also had a horrible track record of dating, like just emotionally abusive relationships, you know, it's a little too deep for a comedy, but like I had had a, I, w- I had flatlined. And so by not being myself, but interacting with people and seeing the humanity of people, it did heal me in a way where I really needed it. Like I said, I got too obsessive and then I was like, I got to stop. However, just doing that and diving in and it made me feel way less alone. And I had thought at the time, like I am having a really horrible run here, you know, in my life. And it made me feel less alone. And then it did open me up to actually dating again. And I, Mm. then I met my husband. So that's in terms of, (sighs) that's just annoying. Obsessed you with said you. That's, you say that's annoying. It sure is. That's like literally a Disney story. Like, like that's like Princess Diaries three. Um, well, it is. But if you had, to, if you know the, what led to that, it's not annoying. I do I because I've been single for ten years road. and now I have a podcast exactly. about it. But you know, yeah. there's no yeah. white knight coming unless Andres Maybe. wants to no. get together. <laughs> <laughs> I initially didn't want to put that in the show. I wanted to leave it open ended because I actually. Had has been that lonely person for so long that I was like, we don't need to put a bow on this. Right. We don't need to have her. Yeah. Oh, and, people you know, love that shirt. shit. Come yeah. on. People love that stuff. They yeah. do. So it changed. I think you um, hit on a lot of things that people talk about just in terms of dating and the loneliness, the isolation of it. And then it's so nice that you're able to recognize the humanity in it as well. Mm-hmm. I think that is the biggest goal of all of us. Um, so I think that's really cool. And, and bravo for making a success financially or creatively or both out of a really <laughs> sad time in your life. I yeah. think that's really so snaps to you. Um, we're going to switch Thank over so to uh, Andres, if you don't mind. And then again, if you have questions, feel free to pop yeah. in. Um, so just to, um, I have a little bio for you yes. that I found on the very reliable internet. So tell me if this is wrong. <laughs> okay, we'll wait. Uh, <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, Andres Govea <laughs> is a stand-up comedian based in New York, but hails from McAllen, Texas. Yes. Andres has performed... My parents live... Oh, my God. I'm in McAllen? interrupted you. No. They live in Mission, Texas, so I fly... Oh, yeah. I, you guys are like... Okay. I used to live in Mission. That's friends. Neighbors. Okay, lo- we'll text. I have no idea what that means. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> Andres has performed at Brooklyn Comedy Festival, Brooklyn Comedy Collective, Union Hall, and was recently profiled by Vulture Magazine, NBD. So you've been featured on, I love this the best, Public Access TV Comedy Showcase <laughs> on Manhattan Neighborhood Network. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Gethard. Is it Gethard or Gethard? Chris Gethard. Gethard. But okay. I'm not his publicist, so you can say whatever. I like, <laughs> I'm sure no one's made a joke about the fact that his last name is Gethard. Gethard. But Gethard I will the sounds, next time I more, see him. sounds more professional and adult. So uh, Chris Gethard presents with comedian Chris Gethard, who is a self-proclaimed phone call enthusiast. Yes. 
Um, and you were a guest on his call-in segment called Sexy Talk, yes. where people call in and talk about their dating lives. So how did that come about? Come to be? Um, Chris Gethard has a weekly Wednesday show that is um, a public access, and he gives it to com- comedians in New York City. So he- freaking cool. Amazing. And hilarious and genius. Always good. Always funny. What am I, TBS? Um, <laughs> and my friend Josh Sharp got it uh, that week, and he asked me to be on, and it was just like sort of a Colin show, three Colin shows in one, and I was sort of like the sex and um, love commentator. Um, to be honest, I have no background to be talking about <laughs> love and sex whatsoever. I mean, yes, I have it, and I do it, and sometimes it works. But well, I'm not like I, I'm not like an expert. <laughs> no, no one's an expert either. No one's an expert. Um, but yeah, he asked me, and it was very fun. It was very cute, and it was a lot of like ooh, sexy story time. Oh, I watched. It. I love just like you just had to sit there and receive information, weird ass stories, and I sort of just like commented. Comment yeah, I was like, wow, wow, do that again. <laughs> you are living your best Truly. life. Um, but you've also been a featured comedian in You Up. Yes. Love, a Brooklyn comedy show and storytelling competition where audience members are invited to share an embarrassing love or sex story. So. I know you do other comedy as well, but I'm really curious, like, what is it about love and dating that makes you or other people want to do comedy around it? Sure. I mean, like, uh, sort of with what was Robin was saying, it was just that this is sort of going on in our lives. And it's like you, you, you write what you know and you sort mm. of like take in what is happening in your life currently. And, and a lot of times it is sex and it is like dating and it is like trying to find love and it is hard all the time. Both literally and physically. Heyo. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. It's this prevalent part of our culture. It, honestly, it's such a mainstay in our culture. This, if 48, if that number is true that I got from Broadway World, 48 <laughs> million Americans are online dating. Yeah. You have a good chance that even, even like Robin, like, or maybe you have been online dating and you're not with, like, if you're even you're in a part- partnership now, that means that this is um, sort of a constant that we almost all have in our lives. That's a crazy thing to say. Truly. I mean, you mm-hmm. see specials all the time with comedians and everything. It's mostly about like sex and love and like relationships. Yeah. I started thinking about this because. Oh, it started with Robin and like making a show around your life, experimenting with online dating. And then when I started uh, looking at your work, I was, there's so many shows in New York City. Thousands. That center around, there's a like a Tinder live show, I think, yes. um, where you show up and then someone stupidly just volunteers their Tinder account. Is that right? Is that how it works? I think so. Yeah. Um, I've also seen other shows at Joe's Pub where they always are trying to pull up audience members. And you do this in your show too, Robin. Pull up audience mm-hmm. members and like maybe match them. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's insane. But I mean, what, how is that any weirder or harder than like trying to meet a stranger based like on a photo of them in their car? I get it. That's true. Um, I say like my generation <laughs> loves the t- Tinder and the hinges and all of those. But a lot of our interactions happen over the DMs. If yeah. you're aware of that. So it's a lot of like people like messaging directly, which is very strange, but also like very new age. And I sort of like it. So you think it's more about the fact that like we've shifted as a culture to just our entire lives are virtual and online? I think so. I mean, like I'm I mostly meet people 
in real life, but a lot of times I and other people DM. <laughs> it's on Instagram. Because it's on Instagram and you sort of for like, For a no. date? Yeah. For no. a date to be like, hi, like, what's up, blah, blah, blah. No. But yeah, absolutely. I have never been you asked. Should lo- you should do it. For a date on my Instagram. I'm doing it wrong. You should. I mean, that's where it's all <laughs> happening. I mean, it's all social. So it's like, I see your picture. We follow each other. We have mutual friends. Like, what else is the, like, it's Tinder, but it's like, yeah, I'm just using it. Directly. Yeah, it's probably more real. Yeah, you're gonna be, be like, "Hey, what's up?" Honest. I sort of like you, or like, "Hey, like your profile." I'll date online for you. Is what I'm saying. That's really <laughs> super. Now I do feel like I'm doing. Somebody out there, please, who follows me on Instagram, will you will you ask me out on a date via DM? Aww. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I don't mean to be that girl to be like, tell us a funny joke because you're a comedian, but if. I know that you've got like a hilarious dating or sex story that you definitely want to share on hashtag. Uh, sure. I mean, I wrote this joke when I was like 23 and I dated an 18 year old. Um, I loved him. <laughs> yeah, he was 18. But um, I know it was strange, but um, he's from he was from Germany. Why is that strange? Um, I guess it's not strange at all. I mean, it's strange because like I was twenty three and he was eighteen, but it he was from Germany and they use Celsius and I use Fahrenheit. You know, okay. so it's like sort of. <laughs> That's why it was weird about the relationship. I was, uh, it's a, I'm sure you're justifying the fact that I dated younger. I once dated a white boy, and I it's problematic in a way that um, I wanted him to wear a puka necklace during sex. <laughs> Is he Hawaiian? No, not at all. Okay. I just watched a lot of gay porn where white boys wear puka necklaces in the 90s. That's sort of it. Yeah. You know, your turn-ons are your turn-ons. And, <laughs> and you I can't do much about it, but I can put a stop to them, you know? Was he open to it? No. It's just And he, sh- he doesn't need to. And he doesn't. He didn't That's need true. to, you know? You're like, I want you to look like, actually, here's the picture. Watch this video. I want you to do that. I want that. you to do this, please. Yeah. Some jokes. That's it? There's got to be something uh, worse in there. Come on. No, uh, those were bad. Um, <laughs> those, I'm trying no, to those are tame. Um, I mean, uh, I once went out with... I went to Red Lobster on a date through a Tinder profile. Oh. And I was like, Red Lobster in Times Square. Thank you very much. Ooh, and then I love it already. The dude paid for everything. And then he was like, you want to go back to my place? I was like, yes, absolutely. You we, bought me cheddar biscuits, honey. Yeah, I'll do anything <laughs> you want. I'll do anything you want. Um, and then we hooked up. Didn't see him for three months. Three months later, um, he messages me and he's like, have you seen the new Star Wars? And I was like, what? No, not at all. And I've never watched Star Wars. And he was like, do you want to go see it? I was like, sure. We went to go see it in Times Square. I don't know why, but he doesn't live there. I don't live there. And I was like, okay, cool. We watched, did not talk throughout the entire thing. And then he was like, do you want to go back to my place? I was like, yeah. Yeah, obviously. I was like, just take me to your... We didn't have to do all that. You spent thousands of dollars on I'm disappointed you didn't go to Red Lobster. I should have asked. I was like, let's go to Olive Garden now. (laughs) But I didn't. That's... um, I feel like if that's the worst thing that's really happened to... I mean, we could go toe-to-toe, my If we're trying to think Tinder dates, Robin, please come through if you have any weird Tinder stories as well. Oh, yes. Let's just throw it all on the table. I'm trying to think of... I okay. I broke up with. I was seeing this dude for like a month, and um, I didn't really like him. And I was like, oh, I should probably like put a stop to it. I said, 
um, I met him on Tinder and I was like, oh, I'm not really feeling it. Um, let's just like stop. And he like cried. I was like, oh, no, no. Uh, I know. Love is hard. Um, <laughs> life is hard. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, I have to go. I have to go do, okay, a, show. I have to go do a show. And then, and, then, and then he was like, can I come with? And I was like, what? And he was like, can I, can I still go see your show? And I was like, I mean, sure, but like this seems strange. And then I did the show. I killed Avi. And then I was like, okay, bye. And he was like, we need to talk. And I was like, what? What? And I, for literally, I walked home and that's like a, I'm not going to exaggerate. That's an hour walk home from where I, I was like at. And we walked and it was like me telling him, like, it's okay. And like literally, like, him crying as he walked me home and I was like we're not oh. even that close and I get it but um we have to move on wow oh. I know he's okay I feel like I feel like I'm that I'm him really <laughs> did you like, cry on oh dates I well not on dates I guess that you're right these are early dates no I guess that's not true but I would have like relationships with people and then I would just be like we've got it <laughs> oh, absolutely. That Same. So familiar to me. Being in a relationship, oh. very much different than like dating someone. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. I'm so glad that everyone agreed true. on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Wait, Robin, did you ever meet anyone from the OK Cupid experiment aside from your, I believe, future I, husband? My husband. Well, I did not um, because we did set a rule because uh, to not meet anyone in person. Like in none of these conversations ever got remotely close to meeting up it really was kind of just playful banter about the characters so i know it would be way more interesting if i did but that kind of would cross a line in terms of what we were doing um and because i met my husband before you know the show was even up i don't have any stories like that i can tell you a pre-online dating story that was real bad um i had dated a guy who was a comedian and Classic. I was doing <laughs> already doomed. Already doomed. Don't do already it. Doomed, right? <laughs> I mean, I have the real sad ones, like you cheated on me on my birthday, all that. But this one, I think, is sad but just surreal. So I was doing a show at Comedy Sports, which is a you know interactive yeah, yeah. short form theater, and this guy brought his mom and the new girl he was dating. <gasps> to the show that I was in <laughs> and it gets worse. It gets so much worse. So I was like, okay, okay. And I'm an overly emotional person anyway, but I was like, I gotta go on. I gotta do the show. And I think he was in the show. I, I believe. Then we do this game called day in the life where you oh, yeah. interview an audience volunteer and the volunteer that they chose Nuh-uh. was his mom. And I was on the team. It's two teams of three people. Mm-hmm. And I was, the person that ended up having to play his mom who was sitting next to the new girl he was dating no. in the audience in the show. It was just, I've had so many things like that where I'm like, what is happening hate. in my life? Like, you should have started the scene know. by saying you're grounded. <laughs> right. I know it's so true. But of course being me being me, I'm like, nothing's wrong. Everything's perfect. This is normal. <laughs> We're just, yeah, like ev- this happens to everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's Chicago. Um, I'll, th- I'll top this off with one of my, I've told my worst dating story on the podcast before. So I'll tell you my runner up story. It's oh, a little great. darker. <laughs> this was a second date. And, um, while we were on the date, this guy's phone keeps going off 
And I finally was like, do you need to get that? Like, is there something, you know, it's all good. I'm here. Just go answer your phone. Mostly because it was annoying, right? Like, go take care of that. And he's like, oh, it's just my girlfriend. <gasps> That's not the point of the story. But yes, I was like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, sorry, sorry. I mean, ex-girlfriend. And I was like, okay. Oh, right, is everything you okay? Already. You <laughs> slipped already. Even okay? if that is true, you slipped already. And he says, uh-huh. um... He says, yeah, yeah, I just I broke up with her and she's really upset, but she works for my company. And so now we're having a fight about insurance. And I'm like, wow, that's like a lot of red flags. And I'm like, "Okay." And then he silences the phone. I mean, it called. I was like, I think you should just go talk to her maybe and just like like ease her mind. And he comes back and he's like, it's all sorted. And then the phone goes off again. And I'm like, I think, you know, maybe you should go take care of some things. And he says, no, no, this one's my drug dealer. I just have to go pick up some coke hmm. <laughs> i was like could this get any worse like who is this person and i was like oh you know as you do because it was like probably like a wednesday at happy hour and he had to go meet his dealer to pick up coke and he said this so casually as if we all just do coke yeah you know and he said asked me if i'd like to go with him and i said uh no no thank you i was uh-huh. he's like you don't do coke and i said i i don't actually do coke and he was like that's crazy i feel like you would be really good on coke <laughs> oh, i know i was like i'm I know, right? I was like, you specifically would do good on Coke. Yeah. And then he said, why don't I get some Coke and we'll have sex in the bathroom? Oh, Oh my God. On Coke. I know. This is like a second date. And I was like, this is so bad. It's unbelievably surreal. Truly. I feel like what the most surreal thing about it is you were giving off no vibes that any of this was anything. Like, I was into it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, there's so many red flags. Your ex girlfriend is an employee of yours. She's calling you. She has health about issues. Insurance. <laughs> I was like, what specifically? Guys, also never date someone at no! work. No, and like in a big way. <laughs> or here's the lesson, everybody: silence your damn phone when you yeah. date. Right. I'm so glad we've all experienced horrible dating stories together. Yeah. Yeah. What <laughs> is? Um, we're gonna tie this up. Like, what is? I don't know if we could like, what's one positive experience that dating, being single, doing this experiment and like being able to vocalize all that stuff through comedy has done for you guys, both of you. Robin, you can go first. (laughs) Oh, sure. Well, I'll I'll tie it to one of your previous questions. So when I did the run in Chicago, I, I loved it because every night after the show, I would, I'd go down to the bar and I would just talk to people. So this is, you know, six shows a week. And I got to hear people's mm. stories. And I, I just, I actually, I'm kind of introverted, but for some reason, I'm totally fine talking to strangers all the time. And I think being able to do the show, perform the show that many times live and getting, you know, like I said, the experiment helped me because I saw the humanity of people, but then a double bonus to get to make people laugh and get, make people feel things and then get to talk to them afterwards and meet so many people and hear so many people's real stories was actually also a really wonderful experience like the connection around that were this is all shared experience for us yeah and it mm. was it ran totally the gamut of people who were like oh i've totally experienced all that online dating sucks to people who were like i met my partner online you know on all the different platforms and i got to hear more about all the different platforms because i exclusively did this on ok cupid mm-hmm. and i did a lot of research on everything but every year there's you know at least a couple new ones that pop into oh, yes. popularity so you you'll know, just have to write really- a new show <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. We're going to write a new show, you and me. We're going to take over all the other podcasts. I mean, not podcasts, all the the other um, dating apps and make a show. Dating apps. Yeah, but I'll throw but that, that question. Was my thing. Yeah, that would I feel I feel that in my in my soul. Like I, this is why I have the podcast because I want to yeah. share my frustrating experiences and and like I wanted to take away the shame from the word single, and just like mm-hmm. a lot of people are afraid to admit it or talk about it or they talk about it when you when you ask people they say, well, I'm single, like in a sort of self depreciatory way. And I was like, right. but why is why is that a problem? Like you're okay, you're happy, you're mm-hmm. living your best le- life. If you haven't met someone who hasn't met your standards yet that shouldn't be embarrassing hmm. it's like oh i haven't been picked for gym class yet right <laughs> i was I literally you were gonna say something I, like, I was like mm, i was like oh uh they always say like create your own content be your own thing i was like create your own gym class you know don't wait to be picked <laughs> yeah that's right make a gym class for me um what was the question <laughs> We talked about like, well, how has like being able to vocalize um, your experience through comedy or your work, your art, like helped you in the process of dating and being single? Um, First, I think just to address like the single thing, I really did uh, ring true to me that like people are ashamed of being single. And I think people are ashamed. I mean, they're definitely ashamed before actually being in a relationship sometimes. But um, a lot of times when you get out of a relationship, you feel shame because like it didn't go successfully. Yeah, like I failed. I failed or like this didn't work. That means I don't work, blah, blah, blah. I'm a failure. Yeah, exactly. And but you were like fine before like you were saying like yeah. you were happy before you had a life before and so mm-hmm. for me um doing comedy and like it's for all of us in the sense that like we're trying to work things out and we're like we know that this is relatable content because this is a shared experience and this is sort of like uh, when i go on stage i'm like i hope you all respond to this mm-hmm. because i sort of want you all to like connect with me and therefore laugh and make me feel good it's <laughs> not about me yeah end, obviously well, it is <laughs> um well thank you both so much for being here both physically and also just sort of spiritually robin yeah. um you, we feel you we feel your presence with us in this room <clears throat> i think it's so cool that both of you have taken something that other people view as negative and turned it into like a, a creative medium for you both as a way to voice your experience and also to bring some humanity back into it and some connectivity. I think that's super honorable. I think it's kick-ass and I hope you both continue to create new work specifically around dating. No, I'm kidding. No, right. just in general. Oh, um, relationships. Yeah. Just and, and, and I guess continue to connect with people who are all going through this experience together. So Thank you guys both for being here. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. Sorry, I cut you off, but I just want to say thank you. And I really thought what you said about, you know, kind of your mission statement for this podcast is really lovely. So thank you. Exactly the same back to you. Thanks. Rock on. Oh, we'd high five you if you were here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So that's going to be it for this uh, new episode. Halloween spooky episode of Hashtag Single. We will catch you next time.